Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashantino. And I know it's been a while. Um, there are many reasons why it's been a while. I will save you all uh, the long and the short of it and simply apologize for it having been so long. Um, since I have last spoken with you. Uh, but today I wanted to talk about something. I, you know, the I posted a couple of podcasts that I was not happy with when I re-listened to them. And I never want anything to go forward under my name that I am not happy with because I not only value your time in listening to me, but also I have a tremendous pride in what I say. And I I don't want to ever have my name affiliated with something that uh, I'm not I'm not pleased with. So let's try this again. <clears throat> and this is a topic that I know has become a very controversial thing. And um you know, it, it's one of these things where I almost feel like uh Harvey Corman and Blazing Saddles, you know. You only be risking your lives while I will be risking an almost certain nomination for Academy Award Best Supporting Actor. Um, I want to talk about the topic of critical race theory. That's it. I've said it. I've said it. If you don't like my podcast, if you think that I am someone who should be silenced, then there's your opportunity. You can report me to the Elizabeth Board of Education and say, you know what, this person's speaking about critical race theory. Now, having said that, let's talk about this because I actually had a discussion with a colleague of mine the other day. Um, and this colleague... Uh, asked about where I stood on critical race theory. And I said, I'm afraid I don't understand what you're talking about. Now, critical race theory, as it is defined, is something that, uh, more or less from what I've been able to gather, is that, you know, white people are to blame for everything, and they should be ashamed and apologize and pay gajillions of dollars for everything. And I was like, that's not my understanding of it at all. Now, let me explain what I teach. I'm a social studies teacher, as those of you who follow me know. I teach history. Okay, In particular, I teach U.S. History 1 and U.S. History 2. Now, here we go. I hope you're sitting down for this, and I hope you're taking notes. If, in fact, you actually want to take notes. The concept, the term critical race theory is something that has been manufactured. It has been manufactured by conservatives in this country to try and gin up this idea that there are people in this country who believe whites are responsible for all the evils of the world and that, in a, in a negative sense, and that in a sense, whites should be apologetic for everything. 
And when you phrase it like that, I'm like, no, absolutely not. Look, here's the deal. Um, if you are, if you identify as a white person today, 2021, you've never owned a slave. In fact, unless you are of the boomer generation or earlier, you've probably never actively taken part in some kind of discriminatory process against people of color. But what needs to happen is the following. Everyone needs to recognize that this is what happened. First, slavery happened. You can cry and moan. You can go to the Virginia textbooks from the 50s. And by the way, Virginia, yes, I am calling you out right here because I've seen pages from your textbooks from the 50s where they talked about how slaves were were happy. They're happy to be slaves. This is one of these great myths, okay? Like the flat earthers. Slaves were never happy to be slaves. Stop. Stop with this malarkey. Slaves were never happy to be enslaved, okay? Were they happy to not be, you know, brutally treated? Yes. Were they happy if their, quote, masters treated them with a sense of of familial servitude? Yes. But they were slaves, And by definition, a slave is property of someone. And this is what when we get to Dred Scott, the Supreme Court of the United States said, you are not people, you are property. And the the, the definition, I mean, for crying out loud, go read up the Keystone speech by Stevens for the Civil War. I mean, the Confederacy said that the basis of the Confederacy is the supremacy of the white man. And the supremacy of the white man relies on the fact that it lives off the fact that the black man is inferior. This is what these people believed. You'll read up, I was reading up today, in fact, on the Texas's, uh, you know, mission of secession. And he talked about how slavery was the reason. So don't give me for one moment. Listen, give me a lot. Come at me for a lot of things. But don't come at me for one moment that the secession, that the Confederacy, that the Civil War had nothing to do with slavery because it absolutely did. It absolutely did. And if you want to argue that point with me, then you know what? Again, bring it, bring it to me. Come on, let's go. I am more than happy to engage with a debate because I'll tell you what, I've got a lot of ammunition on my side, okay? I've got a lot, a lot of documents, a lot of speeches, okay? So come on and bring, bring, it, bring it to me. That This is about states' rights. Yeah, states' rights to own slaves. States' rights to treat people of color. And then after the war, again, you know, this is the other thing which we talk about critical race theory. So the country built itself up in large part on the backs 
of enslaved Africans. This is factual. We're not making things up here. I'm not speaking about things in a sense of, you know, that this was, you know, well, you know, the black people, this and that, and white people, this and that. No, the reality is that the southern states, which is where a lot of the economy came from in the early republic, was built on the backs of enslaved Africans. These people were banned from being taught to read and write. They were punished terribly if they attempted to flee. In fact, one of the major issues that the North had with the South was the, the, the slave laws, which came in, which said that, you know, Fugitive Slave Act, uh, which said that, you know, the North had to turn over slaves who had escaped. Um, <clears throat> this is all, this is all just, you know, <laughs> anyone who has a sense of intelligence knows this. And if you don't, you either, you're either ridiculously stupid or you're willingly, willingly ignorant of the case. So then we had Dred Scott, we had, uh, you know, the issue of, uh, the, the, you know, the, uh, the Kansas-Nebraska Act. All of these other things which basically expanded slavery throughout the United States and forced non-slave states to uh, support slavery. Again, fugitive slave acts. You had to capture slaves and turn them back over. And many people had an issue with this. And again, where this is where critical race theory, as it is so called, again, and which I believe is a complete, you know, it is an, a, a ridiculous term coined by people who have an agenda in this country. Okay? Because slavery existed after the Civil War, Jim Crow laws went up almost immediately. Within 20 years. Not even really. But I'll give it 20 years. And that was discrimination. That was rampant discrimination against people of color. Against African Americans now. The Ku Klux Klan wrote about and killed people. They lynched people. There's a book... And I, I, it's a shame I, I didn't look up the name of it beforehand, but it's got postcards. It's got lynching postcards. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment, my dear listeners. It has postcards that are pictures of families gathered together around the lynching of African Americans. Hey, what do you, you did you get enough coleslaw? Yeah, no. You want a couple of ribs? Sure. Did you get a picture in front of the Negro that was being hanged? No, I'm going to do that in a few minutes. We'll make sure you do. That's what happened. That's a reality. We talk about things like Emmett Till. We talk about the Scottsboro Boys. These people were executed... Why? Because they were black. 
and because it happened in the South. And nobody, nobody was ever punished for that. I mean, for crying out loud, the movie Mississippi Burning, which, by the way, is one of my favorite movies of all time, you know, Gene Hackman and Willem Dafoe. How can you, how can you have a movie with Gene Hackman and Willem Dafoe and it not be a ridiculously good movie about the three civil rights advocates who were murdered and then buried uh, under a dam, okay, in Mississippi, and a great line, you know. Uh, the rest of the country might not see it that way. You in Mississippi, boy, the rest of the country don't mean this. Yeah. That was the idea. That was it. People were murdered. People were lynched. And they didn't even get them on murder charges. What did they get them on? Civil rights violations. Think about that. Again, think about it. They didn't get them on civil right, uh, on, on murder charges. They got them on the issue of civil rights violations. And that's the only way that they could get them because if they charged them with murder, murder was a state crime. And there wasn't, and I'm almost literally quoting, and so I'm going to give credit to him, I'm literally quoting Gene Hackman from the movie, murder's a state charge, okay? They wouldn't find a jury in Mississippi that would convict white men of murdering a black person. Or Jewish people, or anyone that was fighting for them. You had to get them in federal court on civil rights violations. Now, when we talk about critical race theory, again, I've, I've told you before, it is a complete and total piece of propaganda. I teach history. My job is not to teach what I feel about history. And believe you me, I, uh, <laughs> I have some very strong feelings about parts of history. I do. Okay? As, as well you can imagine. But that's not what the Elizabeth Board of Education hired me to do. And if anyone from the Board of Education is listening right now, you don't have to worry about it. I'm not, I'm not putting my own input in my job is to teach what happened now students can raise their own questions they can raise their own opinions based upon what's taught but i won't be the one to do it my job is to teach history and i teach the fact that america first of all developed on the backs of enslaved Africans that slavery was the main reason why we had the Civil War, that it is backed up on the basis of Confederate articles of secession, not just on states, but on a Confederate level, on the, on the, the I don't know, 
I've been saying on the federal government level, but that's kind of silly. But Stevens, the, the cornerstone speech, that after the war, within 20 years, Jim Crow laws came up, that whites in the South fought tooth and nail to discriminate against blacks. That when blacks tried to establish civil rights, they were individuals who went to cafes, had cigarettes put out on them. That individuals had syrup poured on them, sugar poured on them. They were slapped, they were spit at. That in a church in Alabama, young women, young girls, there weren't even women yet, were murdered in cold blood. That in the South, police forces used fire hoses, which I'll tell you what, I've never, fortunately, thank goodness, I've never been the recipient of a full blast of a fire hose, but I have talked to people that have been, and they've told me it is not pleasant at all. Okay? And they've had dogs put on them. They've been beaten. But yet somehow we shouldn't talk about this because it makes white people feel upset. Well, you know what? It shouldn't make white people feel upset. Honestly, it should make everyone upset. It should make any human being in this country, at this point in 2021, they should feel sickened by it. They really should. It shouldn't be, and you know, again, I don't feel that white people are responsible. Look, I've never owned a slave in my life. I've never been part of a a group that discriminates against African-Americans. But I'm embarrassed that this is part of the history of my country. I don't think everyone should be. And what's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying, look, you know, no one's no one's asking white people to, to kowtow. And, and, and it's, it's wrong. But that's, see, again, that's what you have to look at. You know, you have to be aware that that's what they're trying the, the, the ultra-conservative factions in this country are trying to get you to believe that if you, if you support the rights of colored people, that somehow you have to admit responsibility. No, you don't. You don't have to. You shouldn't. No one should admit responsibility because you didn't do it. Everyone should be embarrassed about this. Everyone should say, my God, we did this as a country at some point. And I'm ashamed that our country did this. German children today 
had nothing to do with the Holocaust, ever, okay? But they can be ashamed of it as part of their history. They can say, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I never did anything about this. Maybe even my parents didn't do anything about this, but I'm ashamed of it. In the United States, we need to recognize that it is okay to say, I am ashamed of what happened. I am ashamed of what went on. I'm not responsible for it, but I am ashamed of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And stop trying to make it an issue. Stop trying to make it where we have to feel that it's wrong. I, I am ashamed of it. Listen, I am, a, I am of Italian descent. Okay? And uh, <clears throat> my ancestors came over in the early part of the uh, 20th century... I never owned any slaves. My ancestors never owned any slaves. Okay? My ancestors never, to, to the best of my knowledge, dealt with any people of color. You know, they, they worked with them. They've dealt with them. You know, people... It, it, it's not... And, and I shouldn't even have to mention that. The bottom line is that <clears throat> we should not have to apologize for something... Because other people feel we should have to apologize for it. We should apologize for something because it is criminal in our country's history. And that's really the essence of it. Critical race theory is this attempt by the right wing to try and drive a wedge. And if you've listened to me before, I've talked about wedge issues. There are so many wedge issues out there. Wedge issues come out left and right because they are the attempts by different factions in this country to divide the people, okay? I drove by on the way to drop my son off at a soccer match the other day. I drove by um, a house that had uh, a placard out in front that said, my body, my choice, no vaccines. Now... For the record, I am 100% pro-vaccine because I believe in science. But here's the thing. I almost wanted to go up to them and be like, oh, man, you know, I, I really feel that's great. How do you feel about abortion? Because I do have this sense that their take on abortion might be slightly different than the whole my body, my choice. Now, if it's not, and, and I don't know that it would be, but if it's not, then okay, you know, bene, you're, you're, you're being, you know, consistent across it. But that's the problem. You know, so many of these people, I mean, we've got, you know, no, I'm not going to take the vaccine. Why not? What's the problem here? But I, I, I divert from my concept, concept, from my discussion of, critical race theory and what it means to people in this country. And I have to say, um, you know, again, it is critical race theory is something that is a made up, uh, a made up term. It's designed to divide people. Don't let it divide you. Okay. 
don't let it be something that gets to you where you're like, oh, you know, liberals, they want critical race theory. No. I'll tell you right now. You know, I again, I was asked by um, an individual, you know, do you teach critical race theory? Or what is your what is your take on critical race theory? And I said, I teach history. I teach facts. Facts do not have a liberal or conservative bias. Facts are reality. Okay? If I teach that, you know, John Wilkes Booth assassinated Abraham Lincoln, there is no liberal or conservative bias to that. It's a fact. Now, we can talk about the reasons behind the assassination, sure. But my job as a teacher, what I'm being paid to do is to teach facts. And that's what I do to the best of my ability. Okay? I teach facts. And the students get to make their own takes on things based upon how they feel when facts are introduced to them. And that's it. And that's that's really, you know, I feel that if more teachers did that, um, <clears throat> it, we, we would have a, a better educated... Uh, next generation, and we would have we would have less issues. And I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to tell other teachers what to teach. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> look, as much as I try very hard not to let any of my biases through. I mean, sometimes you know certain things get through, and students ask you. They will ask you. They'll be like, "But, but how do you feel about this?" And I try very hard. I do. I'm like, look, uh, my opinion is not what we're talking about here, okay? But Mr. A, what do you feel about this or about that? And there are times where I will address certain issues. But I always tell them, I'm like, but, you know, this is Mr. A's personal opinion. It's not something that I want to, you know, influence you about. Um, you know, because I respect the fact, well, my, my father said this, and I respect your father's right to, to say that, you know, I mean, I have, my daughter's talked to me about, you know, some of the girls that she hangs out with who have, uh, very different opinions than I do. The parents have very different opinions. And I'm like, well, you know, listen, that's, that's their right. They have that opinion. I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. Okay. I may feel they're wrong, but I'm not going to tell them because it's not my place. And I'm certainly not going to tell a child. You know, I I just bring I bring facts and I bring reality to students. You know, I bring the fact that the earth is round. If a student wants to believe the earth is flat, they can. They certainly can. It's wrong, but they can. If a student wants to believe that, you know, the, the moon landing was fake, they can. It's wrong, but they can. I just bring facts and reality to these children. And with this so-called critical race theory, what I will leave you with is the following. The term itself, critical race theory, is a misnomer. It's BS, Okay. Um, it doesn't exist maybe in the upper echelons of certain colleges. I don't know. I'm not that high, uh, highfalutin of a character. 
But in schools, it doesn't exist. I teach history. I teach reality. And the reality is that in the United States, we have we have systemic racism in this country. We do. We have to acknowledge that. And if you're going to say we don't and we shouldn't, then you know what? You're fooling yourself. And I, I would love to play as uh, Ebro in the Morning does, you know, the, the, the Khaled, DJ Khaled's thing. Congratulations, you played yourself, okay? We do have systemic racism in this country. We have to deal with it. The sooner we deal with it, the better we will be as a country. And again, I'm not saying that systemic racism exists. It means that anyone has to be hyper-apologetic. They don't. All of us should recognize it. There's nothing. There's. I'm not asking white kids, and I'm a. I'm the one of the whitest whitesters that you'll ever come across. I'm not asking people to be like, oh, this is all on us and everything. No, just accept the fact that there was slavery, and slavery was bad. And we should be ashamed it was part of our country. Except Jim Crow was bad. And we should be ashamed of it and it was part of our country. Unless you owned slaves or were in charge of Jim Crow law policies, you don't have to be the person that makes a mea culpa. But that doesn't mean you can't... Look, I wasn't around for any of that. I'm still horrified that this is part of our country. I am. Of all the great things this country has spoken about, of all the great things this country has done, I'm embarrassed about these things. And I want to make people know that I am embarrassed about it. And I want to focus on the positives. I want to go on with the ideals that were set forth. But you can't do that unless you deal with what happened in your past. And that's where I'm going to leave you today. I will try very hard to put up another um, podcast with the next week. I'm, I'm hoping, based on my health and based on a couple other things, I'll be able to start doing weekly podcasts again. I thank all of you who have been with me through this time. And I will talk to all of you again soon. Be happy, be healthy, be well. Bye-bye.